Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. How? What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck's the bulls? What the fuckleberry thins? What the fuckadelphians? Ty Siegel is on the show, the... Uh, guitarist, drummer, musician. This guy does great garage, psychedelic, hard rock, man. I mean, this kid has got like, he's not hes not that old. He's like in his 20s. He's got like seven albums out, dozens of other things out. He's always putting out records. And I, he was one of those situations where some guy turned me on to him. I listened to the band Fuzz because it was recommended to me by Liz and Lance down at Permanent Records. And I took it home and I'm like, what? where the fuck did this come from? Is this a world I need to know about? This whole garage psychedelic world that I was out of because I'm an old guy? And they told me about Ty. And I'm like, Ty? Ty Siegel? Okay, man, what what else do I need? Get his album Slaughterhouse. I'm like, holy shit, look at the cover. Both these covers are fucking cool. So then I bring Slaughterhouse home and I'm like, God damn. What is this? This is awesome. And then I go back and they're like, yeah, he's got like five other records out. I'm like, how old is this kid? Five records? It was insane to me. He's like making records every other day and they're all solid. They're all raunchy and and, and garagey and psychedelic and cool. Crunchy. Born in 1987. Wow. So uh, so I get Slaughterhouse and, and I go back to Lance and Liz over at Permanent and I'm like, what? what? what where, where is this coming from? Is there any more? And they're like, well, you're in luck because he's got like five other records. Who is this Ty Siegel? And they're like, he works here at the store sometimes on Tuesdays. He's from the Bay Area, but he's down here now. And sometimes he just hangs out. I'm like, he needs to work here? And, he's, and they're like, no, he just likes hanging out. And I'm like, Ty Siegel, the guy who made that music I just heard really loud in my house, comes to this store. He's going to be at this store. And here I am, like, I'm completely fanboying out on this kid who's like, what? What did I say? 26, 27 years old? You mean I could just come to to the store and meet me, Ty Siegel here? I could meet the the guy that made the sounds on that thing, the the guy who rocks really hard. I could meet him, and I'm like little like I'm getting all jittery. I'm like, I'm gonna meet Ty Siegel. In my heart, in my child's mind, in my in my youth, I was like, I'd love to be a rock guy. You know, I'd love to do that, and you guys know this about me. I mean, I used to model myself after rock guys in a way. I think I started smoking cigarettes because of Keith Richards. I read in a in a magazine interview with Keith Richards. They asked him what kind of cigarettes he smoked, and I was like 14, and he said, uh, smoke Marlboros or Newports. And I'm like, I'm getting a pack of each. Let's see what fits. The menthol thing wasn't for me, but I stuck with Marlboros for a long time. Not proud of that. Thank you, Keith. Could have been heroin. It wasn't. And then there was a period there where I, I uh, got Tom Waits' Nighthawks at the diner. And I thought that that album was so cool because he seemed so laid back. He was funny. Sounded like he'd been through some shit. That I dressed like he looked on the cover of that record. I got myself a cap. I got myself a ratty jacket. Only buttoned down shirts. Some jeans and some shoes. And I walked around. And I was like 15. I'm like, yeah, man. How's it going? Let me play a song for you.
That was later weights, but you get the idea. Yeah, and then uh, there was a period in college where you know I needed to, to rockabilly out, so I did that for a little while. Now I was into Bowie, but that seemed a little draining to go through all of his outfits. Nonetheless, what I am telling you is that I am always enchanted by music. I like music. I think I said last week or whatever that I, I, need, a, I need a sound, a song, a melody that'll just slowly jerk off my brain until I finish. I want to feel the build. I want to feel the power, man. And I like all kinds of music. But there's something about Ty Siegel's music. He does this psychedelic thing, and when he hits it, man, he fucking hits it. And on this new record, Manipulator, it's like, it's just interesting as a guy you know, who was at my age where, you know, I locked into Slaughterhouse, I locked into Fuzz, which he only played drums on, I didn't know. I thought it was all him. And uh, and through him, I got to Michael Cronin, who's his pal, MC2. That record, he's a buddy of Ty's from the Bay Area. And that record's fucking great. Anyways, back to The Manipulator, his newest record, which will be out uh, next week, I think. Because I got into him and I got into his early stuff and I went back and got into all the other early stuff and I listened to it, I could hear his evolution. I could hear what he was trying to do. And now he puts out this double record manipulator and it's just fucking everything he was working towards. And he just cleaned up the production on it and everything sits on its own beautifully. There's no, not a lot of buzz or mud or fucking, you know, echoing in the sense of like, hey, we're, we're playing in a hangar. We're just recording this with a cassette player. This shit is tight on the production. And I'm fuck. I've already listened. I got one song in there that I played three or four times and he's going to play it on the podcast. He's going to play it in a few minutes. This kid, this kid Siegel. Got me all worked up. Got me all fanboying out. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, music music, very important to me. What can I tell you? And I'm excited to have Ty Siegel on the show today. Okay? All right? Man, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it one day. It'd be weird if I accomplish everything I want to accomplish and I'm, I'm like, all right, time to start the band. But that wouldn't be unusual. That's not looked upon with, with, with happiness. No one sees a guy that you know made his life doing something else to turn to music in his 50s and says, no one says, like, finally, all right? This is what we've all been waiting for. It doesn't fucking matter, man. I'm going to do it for me. Is it okay if I do something for myself? Is that okay with you people? Huh? Know that I was excited talking to Ty Siegel. You'll know. Boy. That's all right, man. I'm just going to start a band. I, like some company was going to send me a Wurlitzer that they never sent me. They made promises on Twitter and I was waiting for a Wurlitzer. And I actually ran into Ty the other day when he gave me Manipulator. And I'm like, I was supposed to get this organ in the mail and never came. He's like, cool. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool because I'm going to put it in your studio because I got nowhere for it. And I'm going to come over there and we're going to figure out how to play the fucking thing. He was like, great. Now I wish I would send it. Anyways. This is my talk with Ty. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. I see you go. So where the fuck, where did you come from, man? I mean, like, I've been, uh, I've been talking about you for a while, and then, like, uh, what, you, how old are you? 26. You're 26, and you've got more albums than the Beatles out, somehow or another. <laughs> I'm not sure how that worked. But where'd, <laughs> where'd you grow up? I'm from Orange County, so just yeah? down the street. Really? Yeah. So, like, beach town. Yeah, but, like, fancy Orange County? Kind of, yeah. You grew up beach. fancy? Uh, yeah, well, you know... We we were not not wanting at all. Mm -hmm. Definitely. What was the What was the family business? My dad was a lawyer. Oh yeah. My mom was an artist. 
What kind of artist? She did all kinds of stuff. She did multimedia stuff and sculpting and painting. Really? And then she eventually designed handbags. Really? Like weirdo handbags. So your mom, like, my mom did that later and, uh, like, uh, she went to school for art and kind of taught art and then she tried painting and stuff and then eventually she got into a, uh, uh, she tried to start a splattered um, sweat outfit business. Whoa. Where she just splatter paint on blank, blank sweat that's you know, sweatsuits. <laughs> that's amazing. I don't know if it ever took off. <laughs> but your mom's handbags, they, they took off? They did for a while, and then she kind of just, um, yeah, she she fell back into doing other art. Yeah? You know. But, like, were you uh, were you always impressed with it? It's good to have one creative parent in the house. I mean, she she's an, she's an insane illustrator. Oh, really? Yeah, she's really great at pen and ink um, and paint and acrylic really yeah, yeah. and painting yeah she's a good painter she's a very good did she do it professionally uh you know she went to school for a bit and did some design work but never really mm-hmm. too professional no but there's always stuff going on there's always paints around things yeah not 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 anymore she doesn't no. do it anymore no oh, yeah that's sad what is she just, I don't know. just bailed on it yeah my mom just started doing it again it's 73 or however old that's she is awesome she's like i'm gonna start painting again that's so cool. I know it's nice, you know. I mean, what are you going to do when when you get to a certain age? Why once you let go of the dream, <laughs> why not just do it for a hobby? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of law was your dad in? Was he a good guy lawyer? He was. Oh, he yeah? was a small business attorney. Oh yeah. Yeah, protecting so he, the little guy? Yeah. Ah, Amongst fucking... the, it's cool. It's cool to think about where he started from cuz he he's South African. Really? Yeah, so he he went from uh doing Law in Africa and and Swaziland. Really? Yeah. And then he moved to Amsterdam and he did uh, like film work there. Huh. And then he moved to New York and got his um, law degree in New York and worked for MGM as like talent re- relations. So uh-huh. there's all these weird stories with like actors? crazy 70s actors and stuff. Really? Yeah, it's pretty wild. So he wasn't working as a lawyer? He was just working? No. At- He's, he passed away, but... Oh, I'm sorry. Um, oh, it's, it's good. But yeah, no, it was it was crazy. It's and, cool. And then he... Uh, well, so the, you, the, so your family's... For your father's side of the family is what? Dutch, South African? Yeah. Or, yeah. And uh, Dutch, do you, German. Uh-huh. Do you yeah. have family down there? Have you gone down there? They're or? all gone. They've They're all, all moved. Gone. I have family in Australia. Really? Have, yeah, family. Uh, they were in England, and now they're in Spain. And then we're here. That's my dad's side. Uh huh. Then you visit? Do you go to? Did you go? Have you toured Australia and looked up the cousins or whatever? Yeah, yeah. We hung out for. It was really cool. My they're they're from Perth. Yeah. And I was in Sydney. I, I didn't go to that side of the continent. Uh huh. And they they flew over to. To hang. hang out, yeah, it's really, really cool. Well, that's it's, nice. You know, yeah. I, I, there's not a lot to do in Australia. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like you got a cousin in from the states. They, you better go see him because they may never come back. Yeah, who did, knows? Did you like Australia? What band did you go with Australia with? I went with my band. Um, we got like break the loud band. Down. Yeah, I, you actually have. There's a distinction between them all. Yeah, well, there's there was the sleeper band, which is like the acoustic band. Is that new or old? Like that I just, was pretty new. Yeah, because I, I just got. Sleeper, so you, cool. but you consider that's new. That's the one. That's the most recent one. Yeah, right. But it's a real acousticy. Yeah. And then before that, twins. I got twins. Cool. And that one, I'm trying to remember. That's a mix. Not really heavy though, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's more like it's kind of pop, it's poppier. Right. And you're aware of this? Like you're like this is going to be a pop record? Yeah. Well, I was. My whole idea with that one was pop. Like really screwed up pop, like really fucked up pop. Uh huh. You know, but the Slaughterhouse. Yeah, the Slaughterhouse is the live band. That's like the electric band. So that's all live Slaughterhouse. Yeah, well, that's just everybody in the band playing, but not you know? in front of an audience. No, right. Just live in the studio. Buzz Live, I have. I've almost got all your records. Man, that's crazy. The one with you and Michael Cronin, I have. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now you guys are buddies. Yeah. All right, let's let's back up. So you're in Orange County. You're a kid. Your mom's an artist. Your dad's a cool Dutch German lawyer from South Africa who's got a history in show business, but now is defending the little guy in small business law. Orange County, uh, Republican stronghold, uh, not not necessarily a rock and roll town. The Orange Curtain, yeah, used to call it right. Yeah, uh, not, I can't really imagine uh, from what I feel you know, from your music. Perhaps that was all building out of contempt for your environment. 
Or... I, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. You have siblings? I do. I have a little sister. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What does she do? She's in high school. She's... High school? Yeah, she's turning 18 in two weeks. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's wild. How's she turning out? Great. Oh, good. Yeah, she's... She... Did she go the artist's way? She she was more the scholastic route mm-hmm. until fairly recently. Yeah, she got into music like about a year ago, which is so rad. Oh no! Yeah, no, it's it's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. She was she was a studier. She did her homework. She got the A's, and now she's like, I want to rock. Yeah, oh. she's she's getting free. Oh yeah, <laughs> <That's> what <cool. laughs> what is she doing? Is she singing? She's not playing music. She's just all uh, about going to shows and. Oh, that's and right. Getting into music. Does she go to your shows? She yeah, she's been to a couple. What do you think? She's stoked. <laughs> yeah, she. It's kind of like what you know. I think we're really loud. Yeah, I, I think, think you I are. Lost, I lost a lot of hearing, so I'm not too sure how loud we are. Have you yeah. lost some hearing? Yeah, I got what? tinnitus. Well, why don't you put? Don't you wear? I just went to the doctor and got those special earplugs made. Oh, really? You've never it's, worn them before that? Well. Not really. Mm. I used to, it's it's kind of a, it's stupid. Mm-hmm. It's stupid, but there's like a thing about, you can just feel the music better. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's part of the liabilities of being a fucking, yeah. you know, balls to the wall loud guitar player. It's <laughs> like, you got to take the hit if you want the buzz. You got to take the hit. <laughs> <laughs> just try to maintain enough to be able to play a little bit uh, eventually. I mean, I think you're a little young for the, uh, for the, for the hearing loss. Yeah, that's why I kind of got freaked out. Yeah. And my right ear is pretty bad. I got a constant ringing. You do? Yeah. Oh, fuck, like, man. Right now, like, if we're, if we're quiet, it's like... Really? You yeah. You fucked it that much? Yeah. Oh, shit. But I can stop it now. Yeah? Yeah, so... All right, so when did you start? What was high school like? Were you, were you a stoner or no? No. Actually, I've never been able to smoke weed. You don't seem like a stoner guy. I can't smoke weed. What's your thing? I freak out. I get super weird. Yeah. I'm like that paranoid guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like the guy that leaves and like- Why are they all looking at me? Calls everybody the next day. Like (laughs) every, like if there's 20 people in the room, I'll call every person and be like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what I did. And they don't even know. And they're like, you were just sitting there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's weird. You were the guy looking panicked on the couch. (laughs) Locked up. (laughs) Now I was more of a, you know, beer guy. Oh, really? Yeah. No tripping? No, yeah. I, you know, I've, I've, that was more in college. I, uh, lots of mushrooms. Where'd you go to college at? In San Francisco. That's why I, uh, I stuck around. Yeah. So you're in Orange County. You go to high school. Do you have bands in high school? Yeah. Yeah. Had, had one called Epsilons and that's, through that band was kind of how I met Charlie, who's the guitar player in Fuzz. Oh, it goes all the way back, huh? Yeah, and Michael. Cronin, Cronin went to high school with you? Yeah. I don't know that guy. Like, you guys are all these like these new punks that are coming up. <laughs> <laughs> and like, like, I don't know how you guys generate so much music, but I think it's good. But I have no point of reference for, like, if I didn't meet you up at Permanent Records, I would not, you know, you would just be this mythic guy <laughs> with this sound that I'm familiar with. I can't, I, can't get, I can't get over how many records you have out. I'm just bored, man. Is that it? I, I'm so excited. I, 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 bought, I bought a house. You bought a house? Yeah. You're selling some records. It's crazy. Really? Yeah. What was the big cash cow? Which record? Oh, man, you know, I've just been saving money since I was, like, you know, 19. Oh, really? 20, Yeah. I just, that was like one thing my dad was really big on was like, just put it away. And do you make a lot of money? Like, cause I got to assume just by virtue of the fact that, you know, I don't shut up about you, that there's other people that don't <laughs> shut up about you and that, you know, you must be pulling pretty good uh, when you play live. The records must be selling all right. I mean, I'm a lucky guy. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, it's not like, you know, yeah, you're, a big, a giant band or anything. You're but, not Elton John or anything. Yeah, but we're you, you know too, but. we're a very lucky working band. You know, yeah. we get to work and not kill ourselves, but you know, make make a living. It's it's cool. So all right, so you go, so you play a little in high school. You do all right in high school. You go to college where USF University of San Francisco. Okay, what was the first guitar, and what were you trying to? What was blowing your mind? I mean, what 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 planted the seed of this balls to the wall psychedelic? rock hard kind of mentality that you have well well I, w- I was a drummer first actually really yeah okay which was cool i would just play drums to black sabbath and black Le- sabbath led zeppelin important. and stuff important yes very important i got a volume four tattoo holy shit that's right i think he's showing that the other see that's my favorite record and it's, i don't know it's their- the best one 
I fucking agree, man. It's the best. But Sabbath heads, well, they'll just get it's pissed a, off at it's you. It's a very heated subject matter. And we're just talking about from the first five albums or so, not all the way out. Right? Yeah. Because I don't listen all the way through. And I Heaven really, and Hell, Dio, all that stuff. Well, I don't, I, I just don't, um, I missed Sabbath when I was the proper age to get Sabbath. So now because I'm getting into the vinyl thing, now I'm catching up on shit. I wasn't a metal kid. So like I like Zeppelin, but Sabbath, I don't know why. It just never put, it never did it for me. Yeah. But now I'm like, they're great. Yeah. But Sabbath 4, for some reason, is the one... That's the one. Somebody told me it's a great album because you can. There's a song on there for everything. There's a song to rock out for, and there's a there's a song that you could play at a wedding. Oh yeah, there's a, changes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can cry to that song. You can, yeah, it's, it's a very versatile album in terms of the events that you can use it at. Oh yeah, oh what, yeah. And why do you think it's the best album? Just because of versatility? It's kind of the weirdest one. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's for that reason too. The, yeah. the versatility of it. No, yeah, it's it's very weird. Yeah. It's also it's also a super. Super, even like the most Iomi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think he was mixing it or he was there and he just kept turning himself up. Like by the end of the record, he's like so loud. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. You know? I, I got to listen to the, that. The yeah. creeper fade the whole time. Oh, know? really? Is that what it's called? You just kind of yeah. slip it in? The creeper. Well, yeah. someone told me or maybe someone tweeted at me that um, that they don't even remember recording that record. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't, I don't blame them. Snowblind. Exactly. Yeah. They must have been fucking out there. Oh, yeah. But like I never realized when you listen to those records, and also in the way that it seems that you produce records sometimes, is that I for for the for the reputation they have as sort of this defining force in metal, it's it's very clean. I mean, the production is very clean. There's oh, yeah. no, it's not. You can hear everything. There's nothing, you know, over. You know, I guess it was just the time too. But yeah. they, they're such solid, you know, nicely produced records. Oh yeah. It's the best. They're the, it's the the best. So okay, so the, okay, so Sabbath four, Zeppelin what? Zeppelin one through physical graffiti, Zeppelin, like all all of them, right? But Ze- but Zeppelin three is great, right? Zeppelin three is my favorite. Mine too. Yeah, but no one agrees with us. No, it's the best. What what is what? See now I understand why I like your music. There's some sort of you know uh, <laughs> synchronicity going on, but no one people argue that shit with you, man. You night know, and day. I th- you know what? This is like totally blasphemous and yeah. weird to say, but yeah. it's it's the least Zeppelin of the Zeppelin records. Uh huh. It's like. M- more all over the place. Yeah. Again, it's that it's varying, the, you know? Yeah, that's and right. It's, it's the most enjoyable. And some people be like, Physical Graffiti's the, the best one, and some people be like, Zeppelin is the best one for rocking hard. But I thought, right, it's the most versatile. Yeah, I it's love three. Best. Three and four. We've we've got it. We've admitted it. We've admitted it to the public. That, that's what we've. <laughs> that's what we're into with those bands. So yeah. who were the other guys, though? What got y'all psychedelic? Well, uh, actually, it's funny. I mean, it's like, uh, classic rock like Cream and all that stuff like how come I never I can't fucking Cream I just can't do the Cream I mean I, I don't know what the hell's wrong with me man I I, I you like the big I guitar love, sound I love Cream yeah I mean Ginger Baker is such a freak yeah he's he's a total weirdo I think the my problem with it is like I don't I, I, there's a couple of melodies that I like and you know I, and I can hear the drive of it and I dig it but like I don't know, man. I don't love the lyrics. Yeah, and it, they, they, they're sort of boring to me. And his guitar is okay, but I, I, I'm not, I'm not huge on Clapton in general. But he, those are some pretty big riffs in Cream. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big. I honestly don't like Clapton. Yeah, I, I don't. But I love, I, I like him in Cream. Yeah, you can't beat that. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, standard. I mean, it's you know, big. It's big. Yeah, it's an important one. It's yeah. one of those ones that and smoke on the water. No matter what generation of kid is picking up a guitar to play the first time, they're gonna play those. Smoke on the water, first song I learned. Well, that's it. That's it. And no, yeah, when was the last time you fucking listened to that song though? I actually listened to that song like a week ago. Really? Yeah, Machine Head. Yeah, that record rules. Sure. It does rule. I like those early Deep Purple records. I don't know if I can get into Rainbow and like. I just haven't had time. You know, like Dio, Rainbow? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I went to see, my friend Dave was uh, in high school. He was so into Rainbow. We drove up to Denver to see him from Albuquerque. <laughs> I, ne- I didn't really like Rainbow that much. And we drove 10 hours. We didn't have tickets. And we were going to scalp tickets. That's how fucking oh, man. stupid we were. Let's just go. And he walked up to some dude online and said, I'll give you $50 for your tickets. And the dude, back then, that was a you know, yeah. lot. It was like 77 or something, 76. The guy was like, okay. 
So we saw a rainbow, and I don't remember at all. You don't remember? No, but I do remember John Cougar opened for them. Whoa. As John, before John Cougar Mellencamp, like it, the first record. It was like the punk John Cougar? Kind of. Or, or the like Stonesy the, John the Cougar. The heavier Cougar? Well, it was like, it was um, I Need a Lover, and- uh, yeah, I, don't, you know, I don't know that stuff at all. Yeah, it was a little Stonesier. It was before he was had an affectation. He was a pretty good showman. Cool. You know, it was all right, but I don't remember Rainbow that well. Maybe I got fucking wasted. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so what about, like, what about Hendrix and those guys? Well, yeah, no, yeah, like that was that was it. That was like the big, the big three, which is pretty standard. Like Jimmy, mm-hmm. um, Zeppelin, and and Sabbath. And then the more the older I got, the more into punk I got. Right. And like noise and like weird. Like, have you heard James Chance and like and the black uh, James Chance and, and the uh, contortions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that first record. Yeah, like DNA and like all of the weird. I actually got into like weirder. Um, like uh, no wave stuff before. What is that? What's no wave music? stuff? Uh, no wave is like it's like it's the contortions, like kind of dissonant dance. Like what? Oh, disco. dance though. But there, but like no. Did you ever get into like Fred Frith and John Hassel and Brian Eno? Oh yeah. And uh, you know the, the like Fred Frith and Frith the noise. and Eno. Yeah yeah that, yeah. That live record. Fripp. Fripp. Robert Fripp. 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 Yeah yeah. Fripp. There's two oh, guys. Yeah. There's Fred Frith. Is sort of Fripp. a noise guy. But kind of like you know noise like you know like traffic noises and right you know, clanking garbage cans and stuff, and then uh, and then Robert Fripp was a guitar player for King Crimson. He's like uh, that's like math on the guitar. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and the <laughs> core of the Crimson King, man. Yeah, you like that? So one? good. I got it. Like I, you know, it's like I'm trying. Man. It's a grower, I guess. Because when I was like 15, I was like, um, can't do it. 21st Century Schizoid Man is the best song ever made. Yeah. And then the rest of the record, I was like, I don't like this. Yeah. But then I threw it on when I was like 21 and I was like... You got it? I got it. Really? Yeah. It delivered? It's just because you can't listen to it expecting to hear a 21st century schizoid man again. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, Lance has got me on the uh, the kraut rock now. Oh, yeah. I love that shit. So good. It's so good. And I've been listening to uh, Sp- uh, Spaceman 3 a little bit. Oh, and, yeah. And those Hawkwind records you got, you made me get. Those are good. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. crazy stuff, right? It is. It's very bizarre. Yeah. So, like, I, I didn't really notice that certain records, like, I, I got a reissue of the first Thin Lizzy record. I don't know what the fuck is going on on that record. It's, like, yeah. there, there's some records where I just, I don't understand what's happening, but I, I it's nice, yeah. you know? But, I mean, when you put on those old Hawkwind records, you're not rocking out, you're just sort of sitting, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, well, it's like Motorhead on tons of, tons of psychedelics. Down. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Yeah. And there's, you know... Just there's a dude in the band who sits there and turns the noise knob the entire time. Is there just there is? Yeah, there was like a guy. He he just affected the music. You what know, was it plugged into? It was just it was on the mixer. I think it was what? in a giant PA. That band is amazing, and they had like a Stacia, a naked dancer. Yeah. at all their shows that was just painted. It's you know yeah it's crazy yeah it's and cool. they, but those but early on like I don't know the whole history of them but there obviously there was this is a very specific thing what what is their hippie connection why do they well they were uh, man I, I I don't I don't know the exact name of the scene I want to say the Canterbury scene in uh-huh. like England that's where like the Soft Machine and stuff do you know that band uh-huh, the, so- uh-huh. the Soft Machine and um, like Kevin Ayers and 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 those those bands came from. I'm not too sure, but I know that they started in like the hippie scene, and then they just kept going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their whole their whole thing was kind of like a commune kind of band. Okay, and so it was that kind of like thing. Like it was yeah. just a big, yeah, a hu- yeah. it was a huge band with a right. huge stage show. Yeah, and a bunch of the same people following them around. Y- yeah, right. They're like, like the dead almost. Yeah, really insane, like way crazier version of the dead. But like the same kind of appeal to a very core group of people that got it. Yeah. They weren't for everybody. I think they were like way nastier. Oh, yeah, obviously. Like, but just like with the loyalty and the weirdness of the lifestyle, I, I just imagine. Oh, yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah. And right, so, yeah. so who are these no-wave bands? Because who else did you make me buy? The, the fall, fall. The Fall. That's a big one. Yeah, I, I got it. I don't have any. Oh, man. I would say... Start off with Dragnet, yeah, and then and then go for Grotesque Mm -hmm. or Live at the Witch Trials. Okay, those seem to be all gateway fall records. Okay, like it's weird. I'm recording this yet. I'm writing this down. (laughs) Don't want to lose this information. 
So that was a big one. Oh, yeah. So when did you make the jump to guitar? How did that work? Oh, well, when I got into punk, yeah, it was kind of like, I mean, it's such a typical thing to say, but it's, you know, it's like you hear Nervous Breakdown or like Black Flag and you're like, oh, I, I think I could tr- I could maybe do that, maybe. Or yeah. just like that. Ri- I could play like power chord. Yeah, right. But you liked playing drums. Yeah. And you'd played some guitar, because, but you were a classic rock head. Yeah. Right. And then I just, I got obsessed with doing more punk yeah punk just guitar a, it's a rhythm thing yeah yeah so what was the first I was guitar cheating it yeah uh first, what do you mean open tuning no just like the two finger chord thing <laughs> so not playing all the strings no no yeah two two strings distorted oh yeah really loud and distorted <laughs> <laughs> you know lots of cheating i feel yeah, like yeah. my musical life has been cheating <laughs> no no like, you're just using the you know, equipment like, <laughs> like you want to use it <laughs> <laughs> just turn it up sure man yeah yeah i mean it's well that's the great thing about about rock is that and i started to realize that it's like you don't need to be a virtuoso of anything you just need to be able to do what you want to do yeah Totally. You know what I mean? I think virtuosos, on some level, you can appreciate them, but sometimes they're overrated, and the guys that are just sort of like, you know, raw are the ones that are really delivering the goods on an emotional level. That's what it is, you know? Yeah. Um, there's this guy, Billy Childish. Uh-huh. Uh, he was in a ton of bands, like the Headcoats. He's an English dude. Yeah, I think I... He's uh, great. Yeah. And that's that's him. That was like my first introduction to like the kind of garage rock, punk, psych I know that guy's name. What were his thing. bands? The Headcoats, the Buff Medways, the Milkshakes, Mighty Caesars. Uh-huh. He's amazing. So that guy blew your mind? Well, he was the first, he was like one of the first guys truly that kind of got across this emotional thing. Oh, there he is. Different than like punk. Yeah. It was just like a rock and roll, a, a mod, I guess what I'm saying is like a modern rock and roll emotive yeah. guy. And he's yeah. a total poet and- it was yeah. So that was kind of where'd you get? Who turned you on to that shit? Oh man, who was your who was your uh, who was your guide, man? When you were a teenager, there must have been some older dude that was like, oh man. There were some there were some punk kids at my school. Yeah, who actually were not the nicest guys. Right. But I I found out about some cool some cool music, mostly like Orange County punk, and you know, there's like surf punk and stuff like that because I'm a surfer and it was like a skateboard surfing kind of uh-huh. thing down sure. there. Yeah, yeah. And then... um, You surf? Yeah. Like how often? You're way, you picked the wrong neighborhood. I know. <laughs> you got you to take a pretty good drive. Yeah. I don't mind driving though. Um, What do you drive? I don't have a car right now. How'd My van exploded. How'd you get up here? My girlfriend's car. Oh. She, we, Camry. But you live down the street. Corolla? I got a Camry. Yeah. Yeah, but you live down the street. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. Yeah. So you surf. You got your own board and everything. Yeah. And you got a wetsuit. I do. And you go out there and just lay out there until something happens. Yeah. It's it's the therapy, man. Where do you where do you go around here? What's the best place? Uh, go all around. You know, I'll go down to Orange County sometimes. I'll go to Malibu sometimes. But when's the day start for a surfer? How does that work? When you're we're like, well, all right, I got to get over up tomorrow morning. Here, over here, it's different. Like if you lived on the beach, you know, it's. You know, you could like go surfing on your lunch break or whatever. If you have, you know, if so you're you working. just throw the board in the water for an hour. Yeah, but here it's it's different because of traffic. So yeah. you either have to do like get up at five. Yeah, you're in the water by six, and then you surf till nine thirty or ten when uh-huh. the traffic when dies, you can get home, and yeah. then you can get home. Or so, you do the 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 noon the noon to three. Yeah. So what's the what's what's a good day surfing? I mean, what do you, what do you what determines like can you go for like three hours and not like get a good wave? Yeah, but it's more it's it's not it's it's more just about going. Uh huh. You know, it's kind of like if, if you were a, a runner, yeah, yeah, or yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. jogger, or yeah. even just you know a musician or whatever. It's like it's just the the practice or the the time spent giving In, yourself that time away from. Yeah. All other thoughts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you don't get out on the, you're not out on the surfboard thinking like, oh, God, that's a good riff. No. <laughs> no, you have to, you have to cut your mind off. You have to like let it all go out. away. Yeah. Go away. Blank, blank slate. It's weird. That's kind of the only place I can do that. Really? Yeah. All right. So you're, you're dicking around down there with the Orange County punk scene, skating, surfing, hanging out with, you know, not very nice guys who are turning on to, <laughs> turning on to good music. And then, uh, so you had the band, the Epsilons, where you played drums. 
I played guitar in that band. Okay, so you yeah. and Michael Cronin are on guitar? Michael joined at the very end of that band. He was in a band with me before that played house parties and stuff where I was on drums and he was on saxophone. He plays sax. Yeah. Cronin plays He's sax. an insane saxophone player. And a piano player and a guitar player. Yeah. Can he play drums? Yeah. He can play drums too. He's the secret weapon. Oh, he is. He's the bad Cronin. Man. Yeah. Cronin's the guy. Cronin's the secret weapon, man. Yeah, he's he's the the secret. He's the guy you go to when you you need to fix it. Yeah, you're like I screwed it up, man. Can you do something? <laughs> he'll, he'll go accordion. And you're <laughs> accordion. like oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> Perfect. So he's a multi instrumentalist. Yeah, because I did. I listen to Cronin too. Like you know, because you guys are so different in in terms of how you approach things. He's obviously like a like he wants to make pop songs. Yeah. And he does really pretty pop songs. Oh, he's, But then, like, yeah. a couple of songs, it's just like, what? And then a couple of, the, like, the record you guys did was not a pop record. No. It's total weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you've been in it, like, already by the end of high school, you've been in, what, three or four bands? Two. Two, Two. bands. The house band and the Epsilons. Yeah. What was the house band called? Love This. It's uh, funny. Okay. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. We yeah. had a, oh, man, we had a shirt with an arrow pointing down. Oh really? Yeah, it's yeah. funny, funny stuff. Uh huh. But that wasn't Six, punk rock. Sixteen. Yeah. No, that was like, that was like kind of more. That was like dance music. Uh huh. Yeah. And what about this no wave business? So, so you. That was kind of what that was. Which is, give me some examples of the bands. Like the Contortions, okay. or like I mean, Sonic Youth started in that in okay. that vein. Yeah. You know, DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, ESG could mm-hmm. be considered that. Yeah. Um, there's a rad comp called. No New York, yeah, which is like just a compilation of, of like that the, stuff. Yeah, it's really really great. So when did the um, so you get you get into college and you go to San Francisco? When did the idea? Because I I think that a lot of this the theme that that seems to go on through your at least the electric records it is definitely a commitment to raw garage sound. Yeah. And more than, more than like, I mean, obviously the riffs are there and everything else, but you like to, you just, you like to fucking, you like the noise in there. You know, it's, it sounds like you, you leave amps that buzz on way loud. There's yeah. a lot of buzz. Yeah. Buzzing. <laughs> buzz, fuzz. It's good, right? Yeah. So where did that, when you were in San Francisco, what, what blew your mind there? How did you come into what did you study? I yeah. studied media studies. So you just were just there. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, especially at that time, because yeah. I graduated high school in 2005. Yeah. So I, my poor professors were like, so today you're going to just look at Facebook and, and we're going to talk about it because we don't know what this is, you know, and we'd be like, okay. <laughs> that was class? Yeah, it was cl- some, of, some of the classes, Yeah, you know, and then there were other professors that were very sternly rooted in the old communications, uh, you know. Did you have any real interest in it or were you just kind of buying time? To be honest, I was under the assumption that I could eventually get a, like a recording engineering degree right. through that route. But then I, I got very impatient and I just stuck to that. And, and you went all the way the through? four years. You did? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. And you were what, running around playing in bands at the same time? Yeah. It's pretty brutal. Like what were the bands in San Francisco? This band, Traditional Fools. Yeah. We were like a surf band, like a surf punk band. And you were playing guitar. And drums. We'd actually rotate around, which is fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. Surf punk. Who's yeah. A, who's a seminal surf punk band? There's a band called The Surf Punks. Yeah. And it's just like, what is it? Hot Rotted, uh, <laughs> uh, what Dick? What is that guy's name? Dick Dale? Yeah. Yeah, there's some like Rat Fink, Dick Dale stuff. Uh-huh. But they're like that Billy Childish guy I was talking about, and there's... There's a whole rad like '90s uh, era. Uh, there's this band, Teen Generate. There's this label, Crypt Records. Yeah, yeah. I think you'd really like this stuff. There's a comp called Back from the Grave. Yeah, and it's um, all obscure '60s weirdo uh-huh. like garage psych fuzzed out rock and roll. Yeah, just I'm, raw, like the rawest. Yeah, shit. were you Stooges guy? Oh yeah. That's like that seems Raw to be power. the shit, right? Crazy yeah. funhouse, yeah, nuts. Do you have those? Uh, do you have the funhouse sessions? That's rad, <laughs> but, but very hours extensive hours. Yeah, Rollins gave me that shit. He it's dumped that onto a hard drive. Oh for man, me. it's crazy. Yeah, take fifteen or whatever. Of yeah, you know, funhouse. Rollins has got a remix that he did of Raw Power that he will not give anybody. 
How did he get those tapes? Iggy gave them to him. That's insane. Yeah, like he just dumped them on him, and and Rollins said that there's actually there's a clap track on it, and there's like people not clapping, and like they're on some rhythm, and there's like uh, background vocals that you can't hear in the mix that's out. Whoa. And he did. He I wanted him to give it to me. We're not buddies, but that we did some shows together. I'm like, just give it to me. He's like, oh, I can't man. give it to him. That's insane. He was in here. Iggy was in here. Oh whoa! He sat oh, right wow. there, dude. <laughs> yeah, he sat right where you are. Wow, that's with, with insane. no shirt on. No way, really? Yeah, he took his shirt, took off, his shirt on, off on the deck to do the interview. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> he's fucking insane, man. And it, so he remembers everything, man. He's, it, like, there's such a difference between Iggy and that, Jim. That guy's a lifer, man. He, yeah. He's, I mean, obviously, right? But, I mean, dude, he's destroyed his body for rock and roll. I guess. It looks it's pretty insane. good, though. Yeah, but he's, I mean, he, like, he's, he's, got, he's got a crazy limp and, like, his hips all screwed up and, like... <laughs> My buddy Brett, who works at Drag City, has a an amazing story. The only time he got to see Iggy Pop, uh-huh. and it was like a solo Iggy Pop show, and I'm pretty sure it was like either in the late '90s or early two 2000s. And Brett's like freaking out. He's like, "Oh my god, we're gonna see Iggy Pop play. Yeah. This is insane." Yeah, and I they start with "Lust for Life." Yeah, he's like, "Holy shit, this is insane!" Great. And Iggy just runs right out, yeah. takes a swan dive, and there's a big cement barrier, Yeah, lands on the cement barrier, breaks his leg, Ugh. and then they immediately lift him up, carry him off the stage, and that's the end of the show. <laughs> just breaks his leg, first song. <laughs> Brett was like, it was perfect, man. It was amazing. What did people, they must have been like, they oh, were just, fuck. Yeah, it was like, holy shit. And that was the, on the first song. He just ran into the swan dive and <laughs> ate it. That's insane. <laughs> I saw your buddy from uh, from the OCs. Dwyer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. John. Does, does he live here now? Yeah, he moved here. Like, what was, because like, I, I, it's just, it's interesting to me, because I didn't really know that band until, you know, you told me about him. And they're obviously, you know, one of those bands that that there there are certain bands that are that are kind of regional and they become a training ground and inspire a whole generation of people, but don't get there. That's that's them. Yeah. That's 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 John. Yeah, he, like, I saw him on his bike. He was riding around downtown, and he came to a show that I had just performed on, and I was like, "I know you. You're the your ties guy." <laughs> Red. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's John. Like honestly, like out of you talk to anyone, like Michael, Charlie, all of um, our friends that play music, like he is like the Godfather. Yeah. You know, like he was in like when we moved to San Francisco, it was like. Dwyer is the mayor of rock and roll here, you know? Was he t- just to you guys or in a general sense? Because, I mean, they they were probably there when I was there. They've been, probably been around for 20 years, right? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, Dwyer's been playing, yeah, like 16 or 17 years yeah. or something. But uh, I think what's really cool, what makes me really happy is, like, um, when I was in high school, his band, the Coach Whips, were, like, a huge inspiration to tons of people i know um they weren't necessarily like a like a a, like a financial success or anything like that at that time right um but now and that was the same with the ocs for a long time and then we just got to watch them grow and grow and grow and grow and grow and now they're like this institution like this huge like for for tons of people all over the world Uh uh-huh like they're like arguably the most important like psychedelic rock band around and but don't you think you like, had something to do with that no man it's no john. i mean, no i know it's john but i mean it, it just seems that like i wouldn't have really been i wouldn't have known about them if you hadn't if i hadn't gotten them through you and i yeah, but then again i'm like i'm 50 you know and i've got other things to do yeah but uh but like you know i love the record i have i think i have two records and i can totally get how he influenced you yeah but like, what was the relationship like? Did you guys, you know, were you and Cronin going to shows or how that sort of unfold? Yeah, no, I mean, we would all go, like, we we went and saw the coach trips in high school. You did? Yeah. In Orange County? In LA. In LA. You yeah. came down for it. There was a place, there's a place called The Smell. Have you heard of that place? No. Um, it's been around for like fi- like 16 years. Um, they've just had crazy shows. Yeah. It's an all ages place. So it was like. What were the ones that, that like blew your mind and made you go like, oh, I got to push harder? Uh yeah, them. This, yeah. Uh, 
Tons of bands. It was like you just go. I, we would just go because it was all ages. whenever we could. Right. Yeah. If we had no idea who the band was, we would go. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Just to see live music. Yeah, we were just we was were it like mostly sponges, punk. You know, I was all over the place. It was yeah. like noise music, rock and roll, punk, weirdo folk music. How, who's your favorite noise music? I mean, my my range of noise music is just more in the rock and roll sense of like noise. Uh-huh. So like just rock and roll bo- rock and roll bands that are very noisy, like this band, The Hospitals. Yeah. Um, the, my friend Chris's band, The Mayors, and you know it's more in that vein. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I like I like using noise as like a another instrument on top of a song uh-huh that's that's what makes me the most happy with noise you, what just you something know what I mean? just sort of through it just, yeah like you can have just a track of noise playing the whole time like what what do you over use? a pop song like what do you use you can use anything well you what could, what have you used you can use just like literally running water well i could put these these headphones up to the mic yeah and it'll, you, it'll feed back maybe yeah, yeah and get a little of that going yeah or you could you could mic a faucet yeah and then run it through an amplifier and then listen to it, and then put the headphones on the microphone. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you could, you could. I don't know. You what could play. You... you could play like six of the same records at the same time at different speeds. Uh huh. And then just have that. Have going. you done these things? No, but we could do them. <laughs> you know. I wish I had a better studio. We could make a record. <laughs> we could make a record right now. <laughs> what have you used for noise? Oh, just any, oh. I mean, mostly feedback, like oh, okay. guitar feedback and stuff. Wait, you, you literally will just leave a guitar on an amp. And just let it do its thing. Yeah, like the. Have you heard Jesus and Mary Chain? Uh huh. Like Psycho Candy. Yeah. Like that's what they did the whole time. It's just a feedback track throughout uh-huh. that entire record, basically. And you like that? It's yeah. It's crazy. It's, it gives this weird menace to the thing. Yeah, yeah. it's sinister. It's, yeah, it's yeah. weird. It's so like, you and Dwyer, though, like you guys, like I, in my mind, like I feel like um, he, he was sort of a mentor. Yeah, definitely. He put out my first record. Uh huh. Yeah, and how did that? How did that come to be? Which the which record is that? That's the one where I'm underwater with like the bubbles and oh, the yeah, mask. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I was in the, this band, Traditional Fools. I can't keep up with. This. Yeah, I don't even. <laughs> <laughs> how many bands are you in right now? Two, three. Ty Siegel Band, Fuzz. Fuzz, and Traditional Fools will like always be around and will never be. Who's done. in that? My buddy Andrew and my buddy Dave. Okay. Yeah. So you just kind of every once in a while. Yeah. Uh huh. We practiced two days ago. Uh huh. Were you pavement first time band? in a year? Yeah. Yeah. He kind of yeah, yeah. did. He was sort of a little out there with the sound. Malcolmus. Yeah. Steve. He was here sitting right there. I know there. Steve. Yeah. You do? Yeah. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Man, yeah. I feel like we've tormented that guy. You do? Why? Well, we've just we have this thing where we whenever we see Steve, we have to we have to kind of be like his his younger siblings or something and just. Just show up in weird places and do weird stuff. Here's the funniest thing, because he's Steve Malcolmus. Yeah. You know, the dude from Pavement is like obviously this legend. Yeah. And it's just hilarious for me to call him Steve. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, you know? Steve. Yeah. What's up, Steve? I, I feel the Isn't same way. Isn't that ridiculous? It's yeah. just hilarious. So that's our thing. What a weird guitar player. He's crazy. It, I don't His know what tunings he... are totally insane i don't know what he's doing i don't know where like i don't know how it makes sense it's great and it's so cool i mean we got totally like like this is why it's hilarious to call him steve yeah because we went on tour for like five shows with his band the jicks yeah and they're all dude they're everybody so nice those people yeah. are so cool and uh you know so we were playing like a we played a, a motorhead cover and like some other cover and then for like two shows and then Steve just, he comes out with kind of a smirk and he does like six old punk covers like in a row, like, like, um, <laughs> flipper, black flag, like all these like heavy hitters. And yeah. we were like, oh yeah, right on. <laughs> you know, you got school. We got school, <laughs> but it was rad. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. He's, totally he seems cool. like that kind of guy. It's like, oh, is that what you got? Yeah. yeah it was yeah. sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Dwyer though, all right. So he puts out your first record, but what was that? What was that dynamic like? Was he just like sort of like fuck? You're a wizard, kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. It was like I mean, Dwyer is such a sweet person, and he's such a he's he's just like a mammoth of uh-huh. like a mu- musician. Yeah, I think he likes to 
work and just action. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, basically he saw the traditional fool's play and it's funny cause I'd never met him and I, I had a broken arm and I was on the drums and I, How'd I you break your arm, man. I was skateboarding on mushrooms. Okay. And was it worth it? No, <laughs> it was not worth it. And that night the cops, oh man, that what? night to go off for a second, that no, night dude. the cops came and, uh, <laughs> when you were skateboarding on mushrooms, well, we were all on, there was like nine people on mushrooms drinking beer in this park. Yeah. Uh, Alamo Square Park in San Francisco, and there's, there's a steep hill, and I'm, I don't know. Yeah, I'm wearing dress shoes right now. Yeah. I, I just, I've always worn dr- dr- dress shoes, and yeah. for some reason, I'm like, I'm going to skateboard down this hill. Yeah. I didn't think about the shoes. Yeah. Skateboard down the hill, fall once. Everybody's like, dude, don't do that again. Yeah. That looked bad. Just don't do it again. I was like, no, I can do it. <laughs> that looked bad. I can do it. So I did it, and I fell. I broke my wrist. I didn't think I did at the time, because I was, you know, yeah. floaty dude on mushrooms and then we're, we go back to drinking and people are still skateboarding the hill these hills and uh, then the cops showed up because there's a complaint because they thought someone was getting assaulted because there's so much noise right coming from the park but yeah. it's just these kids on mushrooms tripping and yeah <laughs> skateboarding and breaking limbs and, and what the cops do nothing they were really they're very upset at first they thought we were doing something bad yeah and how'd you get out of it quote unquote freeze we got the guns. Really? We got the guns. They said that. They said, we got the guns. And I was like, you got the guns, man. <laughs> I don't got no guns. Yeah, I got, my, my arm hurts. Yeah. And, I don't know what's going on over here. And you're harshing my buzz. Come on, man. <laughs> this is weird. So how'd you squirm out of that? So we just said, hey, man, we don't have guns. We have skateboards. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did they tell you to go home? Yeah, they were like, get the hell out of here. We were uh, like, yes, officers. Yeah. So we walked home, and then I woke up the next day with my hands underneath my pillow, because that's how I sleep. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, I had to tell my mom I just broke my hand skateboarding. I didn't tell her how or yeah. the real reason. Yeah, well, I give her all the info. Yeah. But then two weeks later, you know, I have a cast. I'm playing drums at the show, and Dwyer's there. And then after the show, he walks up and he's like, oh man, nice, nice move, sticking the uh, drumstick in your cast. Is that what you did? Yeah. Like I couldn't, could I couldn't grip it that well, so I had to stick it inside of my cast. And you were doing it? Uh, yeah, I was trying. And it worked? I don't know how well it worked, but... He, but that's pretty punk rock. I, was, I, I tried, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it impressed him. Yeah, I, I guess so. And then, you know, he started asking us to play shows in that band, and then I was working on my own stuff, and... uh and then one day I just, I had a demo and I gave it to John and and I asked him to, I actually asked him to send it to different labels for yeah, me or yeah. give me addresses to labels. So we sent it to In The Red, a bunch of these labels that I actually work with now and they yeah. all like didn't want to do it, that. Yeah, which is pretty rad. Yeah. And now you're winning. That's <laughs> funny. No, it's cool. I, it's How does that work story. As, a, as a musician though, that you, you are working with so many different labels? I mean... How, how does that work? What's what's that relationship like? Because like, well, you do Drag City. You got a few out uh, out on that. Who did who did Slaughterhouse? In the Red. Okay, so you work with In the Red, and what's the other label? Uh, uh, well, I've done stuff with Goner. Records. Oh yeah, Goner in there. Where are they? Na- Nashville. They're or? in Memphis. Memphis. Yeah. And uh, and uh, John's label, uh, which is Castleface. Uh huh. And just tons of little things on little labels so but what i guess i guess a major label doesn't matter anymore who needs it pretty much with the internet and how people could like take in music now but how do you decide which label you're going to go with and what none of them expect loyalty necessarily no i mean that's kind of the way i set it up is that i you know i've never signed a contract or right done anything and it's all just with friends you know these are all my friends now like who run these right. labels so you so, kind of you kind of spread it around, yeah. And you do all your own producing? Uh, not necessarily. I like mixing it up. Yeah, like who do you up. work with as a producer, and why? Um, this guy Chris Woodhouse. Yeah. Um, what's his trip? He's he's he does all the OCs records. Uh huh. He just he he's just kind of he just has his sound. Yeah. His drums. I mean, it's just a specific thing, and then um, 
it's a like you you do different variations of garage i guess so <laughs> rock and roll which one did woodhouse uh, uh produce? he did slaughterhouse yeah and that's he did... a fucking great record thank you i'm stoked <laughs> and um the fuzz record he did, he did the fuzz, oh yeah fuzz record so you so, you went to him with the heavy stuff yeah he's got this amazing knack for like classic heavy uh-huh. music Mm-hmm. you know that stoogie sound yeah yeah he's yeah, got yeah. that super awesome 70s yeah yeah sound and that's his thing that's that's his thing so who who produced sleeper i did that one at my house it was all acoustic yeah on an on an eight track and who did the cronin and siegel record we did that at at mike's house <laughs> as a, a secret actually is it, it it's it's a garage band record yeah yeah no one's supposed to know that but i guess now they will what the rest are analog well, uh, not a, there's one other one that's a digital one, but um, yeah, GarageBand though. I mean, it, it it blew my mind how it sounded. We're doing GarageBand right now. Yeah, there there you go. You you can do great stuff on GarageBand. Can you Band. do separate tracks with microphones? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you just have to have two different inputs. Are you using like a yeah? An that's the problem. Or something? No, or? the problem is I'm using an analog mixer. See, yeah, see, that's something I don't really know that much about. I know nothing about it. Look, I'm using this fucking clunky old Samsung MDR. See, I, I know about the clunky old thing, <laughs> but I don't know could, about the. You could work this thing. I can work that thing. But once it goes into the computer, it's over. I don't know. It's over. <laughs> Just some squiggly lines, you yeah. Know? I know. I look at them all the time. So that one's a Garage Band album, all right? So who are the other producers you work with? It's this guy Eric Bauer. What did he do? He did the the Twins one. And what? Why him? Um, he's just great. He did Melted and Goodbye Bread. Like he he was uh, he's a San Francisco guy, and it's it's working with him is great for him and I because we would just get really weird. Yeah. We'd have a lot of time to get really strange. I guess the, the real benefit, especially someone who's as prolific as you and just compulsive about you know doing time in the studio and just fucking making music that you want to lay down, is that you know when you're not tied to any fucking label and you've got enough support from you know enough labels that you know that you, and and you're sort of you know up high in the world you're in, you can do whatever the fuck you want. I mean, I don't know about being. Up high and no, but I mean, world, like but... in terms of like you know the fact that you know Fuzz is a really you know big Slaughterhouse is a huge record. I mean, you know my my friend Sharpling's real into you know Tom Sharpling. Yeah, you know Tom. Oh yeah, yeah. Tom rules. Yeah, he's great, and he's like a fucking record head. Yeah, you know, and he's like a big supporter of the Ty Siegel experience. All right, cool. Yeah, and um, I love Tom. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, but like you know, you you like not unlike podcasting or something is that you can get records made without having to deal with bullshit. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 a very lucky, lucky guy. How's I mean, there... the 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 number one thing is to 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 maintain control. Yeah. I mean, I know that sounds like a weird thing, mm-hmm. but I mean, just creatively, mm-hmm. not like control, like you know, in well, other I mean, aspects. But, but, but it, it's just creatively, like making a record. Just to be able to not have to, and this is this sounds weird, but to not to be able to not have to just give a record to a label and and go. Oh God! Are they going to cut four of those songs and make me redo it? Yeah. Like, luckily, I I I'm a very lucky guy to work with labels that just kind of are like, this is your record. You do what you want to do, and we'll 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 help you do it. That's yeah. Totally crazy. It's great. Yeah. And um, what's the what's the songwriting process? Do you just impulsively, or do you write in the studio? Or do you are it's, lyrics important? Yeah. Lyrics. I've been trying to work more on lyrics as I get older. Mm-hmm. It's funny to listen back to stuff you do when you're like 18 and you're like, oh God, it's so so bad, man. But you were hung up on the sound though, weren't you? Yeah. It's more trying to get the sound right. Lyrics. I mean, I had the mentality of like Louie Louie. I was like, you can't hear those lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares what I say? You know? Which is... That, that was your, your motto? Yeah, yeah. I was like, blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. But the older I get, I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, people are listening. It's weird, you know. Some people like I'm weird. Like I just like the riffs, you know, and I like the the melody. And like a lot of times, I don't know what the fuck anyone's saying. I can't tell you that I know the lyrics of most songs all the way through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The older I get, though, like again, I'm full of cliches. Yeah. Today, the older you get, the at older 26, I get. At 26. The tw- at 26. The older you get. No, it's like you know, different points in your life, different songs hit you d- different ways. You know, yeah. different lyricists, different writings. You know, poets, whatever. That's good to know. Yeah, it's fun. 
All right, you want to play a song? Sure. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's super cool. Yeah, no, man, I'm, I'm happy to. Let me take me out of this. We were driving through... Um, you're driving through New Mexico. You're from Al- Albuquerque. Al- Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah. I, by the way, Christmas style enchiladas. Yeah, it's the best. What, what, what? I don't even know what that is. It's green and red. Sure, man. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah that's a Christmas style. I never Christmas heard that style. before. I grew up there. Christmas style. Christmas style. That's oh. hilarious. Yeah, where'd you get them at? Santa Fe. It's good. Cool. I think we can do it. All right, I'll play a new one. Called the singer. That'd be fun to play a new one. All right. All Awesome, man. Thanks for talking to me and playing. (laughs) (laughs) That was my talk with Ty Siegel. Why am I so jacked? I'm always so jacked these days, but I think it's Happy Jacked. Happy Jacked. That was Andy Kindler's version. Uh, For all your WTF pod needs, go to WTFpod.com. Get the app. I told you about it. Uh, Get some JustCoffee.coop. All right, if you get the WTF win, they kick in a few shekels on the back end. Check, yeah, leave a, leave a comment if you have Facebook. Uh, check my schedule. See who's been on the show. Buy some merch. Enjoy. I swear, I swear, man. Someday, someday. Hope you enjoyed the show.
Boomer lives! Boomer lives. Somewhere far away from here. Hopefully not too far. Like I picture maybe he lives in a, a nice house just down the street with a nice Mexican lady who feeds him really good wet food. I think I'm being optimistic. He doesn't live there. Maybe, maybe, maybe he lives like in another plane. Maybe Boomer's looking down on us all with no judgment, just happy we're doing okay. He's in a better place where he can pee wherever he wants. He can pee on people's shoes, in their closets, on their towels, on their counters. Wherever Boomer is now, he can pee anywhere he wants. With down.